Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Praise the Lord. Aren't you so grateful for his presence? Aren't you so glad you're excited that Jesus is your Savior? I love it in worship when people get excited about the words that are being sung. Because I know inside of you there's this stirring that's happening. Of the Spirit of God within you and that knowing of, that's who I am. Do you you know how uh, you know that... uh, One of the ways you can tell that your relationship with the Lord is healthy and that you have a strong faith about something is joy accompanies it. You just can't, it's not that you can't help it, but you can't help it. Um, There are people that uh, are so full of their favorite sports team, it comes out everywhere they are. Well, Team Jesus. And I enjoy sports. I don't mind sports, okay? I'm not preaching against sports, but I'm just saying we have such, we have so much to be grateful for. Uh, Go ahead and open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 4. And we're talking about the anointing, and I would just want to read a little bit here. We had a good time in our uh, uh, vessels morning Bible study talking about wisdom. But you, 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 you need to think eternally. And uh, so um, Paul said it this way. He said, set your mind on things above. Now, if, if you have to say set, that means that you're going to have to do something. There's going to be some effort on our part. So... When we set our mind on things above, we're eternally minded. I was sharing about how in our men's book, uh, one of the statements that is made in there uh, in overcoming crisis and problems and things in this life, how many know we, we overcome by faith? Scripture says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Um, so pr- the promises of God are true eternally, but they're applicable in the temporal but one of the statements in the book is is you work from eternity backwards so you deal with the eternal first in your life that's where you get your wisdom your knowledge all of that and then you work it into what is going on here in your day-to-day life so if you are uh, a person who is struggling in an area, you find out what eternity or what God says about it first. Don't go to the natural first, is my point. Go to the word first. And then work back from there into the natural. Because then God will give you the wisdom on what you're supposed to do. And you know, like sometimes uh, people have question uh, in in about different things, but... Uh, maybe about something health-wise or health-related. And, and you'll hear from one person and they'll say, well, you should believe God. Well, yes, you should believe God. That actually should be in the middle. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? So in other words, you should believe God first no matter what is going on out here. 
And other people will say, you should believe God. God's a healer. He's a deliverer, which is all those promises are true. And uh, they'll say, you should just do that. And then they'll tell you about somebody who went to the medical side of things and how they, they, their life got totally messed up. And so they'll say, don't go to that. And then you'll have others that say, oh, no, no, no. You know, God doesn't heal today. So don't mess with all that. You know, that all died with the apostles. Or as I like to say, God died with the apostles. <laughs> all right, you can think about it later. <laughs> but, but, but. You know, God gave us doctors, which is a true statement. Let me ask you something. Do you think the devil's trying to fix people? No, he's not. He just wants you out of the way. He wants you dead. You know what I mean? He's, he doesn't like us that much. So people say, well, then what's the answer? Start with eternity first and then work your way back. If the Holy Spirit tells you, stand on my word and believe, don't go do this over here in the natural. Well, then don't go do it. Believe God. He may say, stop drinking coffee. But there's a whole bunch of people that aren't even open to that. <laughs> start with the eternal first and work your way backwards, okay? Somebody, you know, like, I rebuke that word in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to have to judge that. <laughs> well, you should judge it. But sometimes what people are asking, really what it boils down to is, is because of the nature of the world we live in, the nature of the flesh, and the nature of natural thinking, a lot of times what people are doing is they're actually in fear and they're scrambling to get an answer from the Lord when they need to take time just with the Lord. And sometimes that means you just got to cut everything else out. Amen. So you say, what do you mean by that? But I have responsibilities. Well, take care of actual responsibilities. Um, your hobby is not a responsibility. Amen. Uh, vacations are not a responsibility. Well, if I don't go, they'll be disappointed. Let them be disappointed. If you're in a situation that's that serious, serious action is needed. Amen. And so we need to make those adjustments because uh, sometimes we're making decisions that aren't of wisdom and true wisdom from heaven. If you have to cut things out, cut things out. If you need to add something, add something. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not telling you what to do. I'm giving you the line of direction to go in so that the Holy Spirit can navigate you in your individual life. Okay? Because he may tell me something totally different than what he tells you. Okay, so all you zealous, strong faith people don't get on people that use some natural things that they felt like the Lord told them to do and condemn them and hurt their faith. Partner up with them where they're at and get in faith with them. Whoo, glory. All right, 2 Corinthians, I know you're in Matthew, but I'm gonna read this to you because I wanna prove my point there to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm going to prove to you that I have, we don't have authority over other people's faith, so don't try. I'm just going to go in and make this change. If it's not within the realm of your authority biblically, you won't. You're just going to cause a fight. 1 Corinthians, or sorry, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 24, Paul said this, this to the Corinthians. He said, he said, not that I have dominion over your faith, but, he said, not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy. Do I have dominion over your faith? 
Who has dominion over your faith? I do. I have dominion over my own faith. I have, you say, what is that dominion that was given? It's called the free will. You choose, you chose to receive Christ, if you're born again in here, as your Savior. That was your choice. Now, did God predestine you to be conformed to the image of his son? Yes. But God's foreknowledge is not foreordination for you. Okay, I'll say it a different way. God's knowledge about what he desires for you and the decision you will make is not him making the decision for you. I still have to choose if I, in eternity if I want heaven or if I want hell. I still have to choose in the temporal if I'm going to live in the promise or not. And a lot of times we don't want that responsibility. There's many believers in the body of Christ, and I understand why. So I'm not getting down on anybody, but I want to encourage you because it'll end frustration if you make the change. But they're like Saul in the Old Testament concerning Goliath. They want to take up their armor that's fit for them, and I want to put it on Pastor Josh so he can go battle for me. Do you see it? What did Saul do? He put his armor on, tried to put it on who? David, so David could go kill. When he was anointed as the king, and he should have been out there talking back to that giant. So, so we got to be careful about that. Spiritual maturity requires personal responsibility. There, there's no way around it, right? And so we're in a series right now on the anointing, and you're, gonna, you're in Matthew chapter 4, but I just want to share a couple of scriptures that are in conjunction with this. And we're talking about the anointing, and the anointing is the power of God, but how does the power of God operate? It's up to me to operate in the power of God. Obedience has to be, I have to will, I have to put my will in alignment with God's will in order for the anointing in my life to operate. Now, this is the wonderful thing. The anointing is the power of God within the believer and upon the believer. So if I line my will up with God's will and I begin to operate in line with his will, he'll put his power on my decision that I made based on his leading. Hello, did I say a mouthful there or what? <laughs> okay, so when I line myself up with God, and when I was born again, God, the Lord said, my desire for you, Sean, is that you receive Jesus and walk in eternity with me, receive eternal life. That's my desire. So when I lined my will up with God's will, and I made a decision to act in faith on the grace that was provided for me, all of a sudden, what came into me? Resurrection power. Where I could not save myself, my Savior could save me. Where I could not deliver myself, my deliverer, if I'll line up with him, will deliver me. Do you see that? Well, I just, you know, uh, people say, well, I'm, I know I'm supposed to love, but I just don't have that love in me. Romans 5, 5 says, if you're born again, you have that love in you. Well, I just don't feel like it. Well, you little stinker. <laughs> Christians are called to walk by faith. Right? So you're actually, if I step out of, if I step out of love, 
what I actually do. And I say, you know, I don't feel like loving today, so you're all in trouble. <laughs> and I step out of that love and I begin to walk in flesh. I've now taken myself out of alignment with who? And then now I've taken myself out of align, alignment with the anointing to overcome how I feel. That's why the anointing is important. To understand what it is. It's the power of God. Okay? So Isaiah 10.27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and, you shall, and, you, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. It says the anointing oil, but in the King James it says the anointing. The anointing in the word in Hebrew means oil. It means something rubbed on or smeared on. That's what it means. So what is that? Well, oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. Okay? 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You have an anointing from the Holy One. Who's the Holy One? I mean, you might as well say you have an anointing because you have the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy One. Now, we know God in general, but I'm talking about breaking him down into the three parts that he is, the three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. People say, well, Jesus is with me. He's in me. Yes, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ or by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is in heaven. Okay? So you have his nature within you. It started as a seed, First Peter tells us that it was divine seed. And that word seed is actually the word sperm. Did you know that? Now, I'm not going to go into detail, but everybody's pretty much sure how they got here, right? Talking about to the planet. You know, I mean, our kids didn't just show up. I mean, contrary to the stork cartoon, that's not how it worked for us. And I can safely say as a married man, I'm grateful for that. All right. <laughs> the anointing is the ability and power of God within and upon the believer. We read this last week or two weeks ago because we had the youth conference last week. Acts 10.38, how God anointed... Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So in your Bible, if you circled anointed and then circled Holy Spirit and power, you could just put them almost together and say, that's what the anointing is. Amen? Now, what did Jesus do with this power? It says he went about doing what? And healing who were oppressed by the now, you're going to hear some people say, well, God sometimes hurts people, but that's not what the verse says. Now, people say, well, the Old Testament says this and that, but you got to remember, the Old Testament, especially in translation concerning Hebrew, there's a causative and a permissive. And I'm going to, I'm going to say something here. God will permit you, uh, will permit what you permit. There's not just random things going on in the Old Testament. If you read the scriptures in context, 
you'll see that whenever there was destruction that came, it's because the people got out of line with him. And so, let me ask you, just, I'll, I'll put it to you like this in a, in a simple illustration, because this is how the Lord delivered it to me, but if it's raining outside and I have the umbrella up, I can stay dry, right? But what if I want to stay dry but not use the umbrella? I'm going to be over here praying with no umbrella. <laughs> in other words, the simple, the simple, the simple uh, explanation is this, is if I want God's protection, I need to be under his leadership. Amen. Okay? So that, that takes a little more effort than just, I gave my heart to the Lord one day. Discipleship is different than just being a convert. Becoming a disciple. Mark chapter 16 is the great commission, but so is Matthew 28. And you put those two together. They, the Lord didn't tell the apostles or the disciples after he was raised. He didn't say go into all the world and just make converts. He said make disciples. Now, the level of disciple that you and I choose to become is a lot dependent on us individually. Amen? So Jesus was so in tune with the Father that he actually did what? He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So the anointing of God empowered Jesus to do good and to heal all. Mark chapter 16, verse 20 says, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So in other words, the Lord worked with them. This is a manifestation of the anointing. The Lord worked with them. He works with us as we live in the word or live the word daily. The Lord working with them. The Lord working in spite of them. Is that what it says? No, it says the Lord worked. So if I want the anointing to work in my life, then I have to work with him. Now, what are they working? What's the work that they're working when they went out? The work that they were working when they went out was the commandment given a few verse earlier, verses earlier, go into all the world and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, all of that stuff. And those who believe, those who receive the Holy Spirit, speak with new tongues, all of that commission was given to them. So if I want bitterness out of my life, I need to work with 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And as I do what's, what is, uh, uh, seems like a personality defect that can't ever be changed, the Lord says, no, there's nothing impossible with me, Sean. Work with me in accordance with this, and I will empower you to forgive. Oh, I could stay there for a while. I'm not gonna, but I, I will say this. Listen, you can go from special meeting to special meeting to special meeting and have hands laid on you by the best of the best, but if you don't do the word yourself, you're gonna be stuck. I'm not lying because I'm declaring the word to you. People will do, they'll actually do this. They'll have, uh, they'll, they'll try to, you know, cast out bitterness. 
You don't need it cast out. Not like that. You just need to change and cooperate with the anointing. And that, that, that uh, dirtiness, that weed, I guess I would say, that rockiness in your soul will be removed. Well, they did me dirty. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but I did Jesus dirty. And he has no bitterness against me. And he lives in me. Oh, oh freedom. Ah, ah. I'm not saying you have to go live with him again. But the thing is, is they've probably moved on and you still have them in your house because you're holding it in your... Okay, 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 okay. Be nice, preacher. <laughs> well, I just want you to be free. And you want you to be free. So when the, when the thought comes back to you, well, they did this to me, you go, devil, shut up. I forgave him. It's under the blood. I'm moving on. In our men's book, one of the principles is how you leave a situation is how you'll enter the next. So I'll put it to you like this. People think, well, I need a change of scenery. I'm done with Montana scenery. I need to move to Hawaii. And they'll sit, I've heard people do this, not necessarily Hawaii, but just in general, they'll make a statement about how they need to get out of this job or go to this or go to that, go to this, go to, you know, all this stuff. And the issue, though, is even though we do legitimately have problems out here, we do. That's not the issue. The issue is the inside. Because Paul could sit in prison and write four epistles and not even... He was not even justly put in prison. Do you understand what I mean by that? Paul was not, it wasn't, but yet he was so in tune with the Holy Spirit, so excluded from his circumstances that he actually had more concern about the people that weren't in prison with him in another part of that area. And he sat and wrote revelation from heaven for them, which we now know as the Bible. And he sat and wrote it in prison. I mean, last time I checked, because I haven't gotten any calls yet to the church. I haven't gotten a call yet that says, Sean, you need to go visit so-and-so. They got beat up for preaching and they're in prison. Unjustly. None of us are in that bad of a position. But the enemy has done a great job of imprisoning the souls of believers because we haven't cooperated with the anointing. So we see that this anointing removes things out of our lives. So Matthew chapter 4, verse number 23, I know you were wondering if we were going to get to it. I was too. So two questions you need to ask as we kind of look at these passages. One question is, how did the anointing affect these situations? That's the first question. How did the anointing, what did the presence of God do in the situation? Because as we look into the scripture and we see what the presence of God did in the situation, we can then take that understanding about God's nature and apply it to our situation, okay? The second question we need to ask is this, what action was taken for the anointing to manifest in these situations? So in other words, not just seeing what the Lord did, but then also looking at what 
in this particular case, Jesus did to give the anointing or the power of God access to the situation. Or, as there is a buzzword among spirit-filled people right now, it's called activation. How many of you have ever heard that word? Do you know the word activation is actually not in Scripture per se? I, I tried to look it up. Activation is not in there. But the principle is there. And what activation is, by definition, it's the action or process of making something active or operative. Well, that makes sense. You know, you'll have an activation service. Now, I, I, I think I've been to some. I don't know that I did by looking at the name and going, I'm going to go to that service. Because to me, an activation service is you hear the word and then you go do it. What some people want is to have hands laid on them and somehow the person that is the minister that is doing the word, somehow what they're doing will just translate to them. <laughs> I know, it's super funny, isn't it, Scotty? I totally agree. It's spiritually hilarious to me. That would be like, I'm going to get saved for Josh. Lord, I just received Jesus for Josh right now. Is that crazy? Is that a crazy thought? Well, it's just as crazy to think that it's somebody else's responsibility to do my responsibility. And I'm all for, I, if I was going to call them something, and I'm not fighting just to fight, because, I, okay, I just, I like to think about these things. If I was going to call it a service, I'd call it an infilling service. You say, why? Because I need to get you so full, you'll stop being afraid to go do what you're supposed to do. When I look through the book of Acts, they had infilling services. They didn't have activation services. They came together under pressure and the Holy Spirit poured out on them and they went out in boldness. Amen. Boy, we need some infilling services, I think. All right, so those two questions you need to respond to. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now, Teaching and preaching are releases of the anointing. Do you see that? He's teaching and he's preaching. What is he releasing? What is he teaching and preaching under? The anointing. And he's speaking God's word. So when he's speaking God's word, what's, what is the Holy Spirit doing on those words? He's landing within the people that are open and that seed is germinating or watering within them. So how, what is one way for us to release the anointing? We can share the word of God. Do you see that? Well, no, I want to lay hands on them. Well, that's good. I think you should lay hands on them, but I don't think you should just start walking up to people and start laying hands on them because they may lay hands on you. <laughs> you might want to share something first. I just don't feel like it. Well, you're not functioning by feeling. God will anoint his word whether you feel like you're anointed or not. Amen? Because he desires that a person that you share the gospel with to be saved more than you do. God is so in this 
that he gave Jesus to make it happen. So, the anointing can be released through... Now, let's look at this. Continue to look at this. They're sharing the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? And it says this, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Well, that's a pretty broad paintbrush. I used to be a painter. You know what's better than rolling a wall with a nine-inch roller? An 18-inch roller. Because you can move faster. Do you know what's better than dipping a roller, an 18-inch roller, in a big old pan? Having somebody in front of you with a large enough spray tip on their sprayer and a big old sprayer to spray everything out in front of you while you're just rolling down the wall. And that's what the anointing is doing here. The anointing is going out and it's not saying just this kind of disease, just this kind of sickness. The anointing, the gospel of the kingdom is going out through words and apparently Jesus said, I want you, God wants you healed when he was preaching. Why else would all kinds of diseases and sicknesses be being healed if God, it wasn't God's desire that they be healed. Why would multitudes of people stop their work for the day, pack up, get a sack lunch, get their kids, get everybody, and start moving to a spot where Jesus was because they were sick, healed, or demon-possessed? Why? They were just hoping Jesus would know. Somebody preached, Jesus preached the gospel somebody heard the gospel and then they shared the in other words the anointing has a better uh the anointing travels from person to person that will allow the anointing to be in them and then out of that faith stirs within humans and humans because we are oppressed we are what i mean by this is we are attacked and under the attack of the enemy will go to try and find a bondage breaker a yoke remover. I'm tired of the weight of this thing sitting on me. I need a healing. And religion will tell him, you have to jump through this hoop and that hoop and this hoop and that hoop, and you got to go knock on so many doors and all that. And then grace comes and says, all you have to do is open your heart in faith, and grace will flood the area, and the anointing is so strong, it, out, it, is, it outweighs the yoke, and it breaks the yoke. Actually, if you look at Isaiah chapter 10, it actually means that the, that the ox gets so fat that the yoke breaks. I knew I was supposed to be chubby. <laughs> what it means is you actually, in the spirit, grow to where that strength, that, that yoke that the enemy tried, it just pop. You shall know the truth shall make you free. Verse 24, then his fame went through all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed and epileptics and paralytics and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea and beyond the Jordan. Let's go to Matthew chapter eight. Just turn to your right a little bit. 
Torments, by the way, as referenced in that last passage, is it means torture. Jesus' anointing removes torture out of your life. Glory to God. I'm not under torture. It actually means in the Greek, it actually has to do with like a rack or instrument of torture. That's what a torment is. What is a torment? That's demonic. That is not Jesus. Jesus is not torturing people. He's not. It means acute pains associated with sickness and disease. The anointing removes acute pains associated with sickness and disease. Isn't that awesome? I love Jesus. All right. Matthew chapter 8, verse 14 and 15 says this. Now, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his mother lying sick with a fever. So he what? Verse 15. He touched her hand and the fever. What did the anointing remove? The fever. How, was, how did the anointing get to Peter's mother-in-law's body to remove the fever? Through Jesus' hand. It doesn't even say he prayed. <laughs> There's a thought for you. Do you know, you could, you could believe God that when you are, are greeting people, you could believe God that the God in you is going to minister to them. Yeah. I mean, these are game changers. Or as Pastor Josh would say to the youth, these are cheat codes. <laughs> Come on, anybody ever played a video game with a cheat code? How many played Contra as a kid? I know your age. So... <laughs> I still know the cheat code to get unlimited lives. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. <laughs> I haven't played Nintendo in years. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Good preaching, Josh. That's a good preaching. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I got a cheat code for every situation in life. And I've got an anointing, and so do you, to overcome. Because Jesus gave you the anointing. You didn't receive some slacker Jesus. You know, people are like, I think I got the lazy Jesus. No, you didn't. Same Jesus. We put off on God what really is our own poor decision. <laughs> that was fun. Cheat codes. All right. Matthew uh, chapter 8 there. Just go down a couple of verses. 16 and 17. And when evening had come, they brought to him many who were what? Demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a... With a what? You mean he didn't just shake them? Get out. Smack, 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 smack. <laughs> no, he just spoke a... So the anointing removed a demon. How? Through a... Now, Jesus wouldn't say, in the name of Jesus, me... 
come out. He just says, come out. But we say, in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I'm aligning my will with his, and then the anointing can what? Flow like it should. It, it's good uh, irrigation. You can't be upset if a whole section of your field isn't growing corn because it isn't getting water, but you turned the irrigation tubes the other direction. I just don't, this is growing great over here, and you invite your friend over. Let's pray. Let's find out why. And, and your friend says, let's just go walk in your field. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching. Let's just go walk in your field. And your friend says, well, why do you have the water going this way when your corn's over there? And you say, oh, no, that's not the problem. Let's just pray. No, that's the problem. If I want this part of my wife, my wife. <laughs> oh, Jesus. My life watered. And that's how you get wife out of that word. My life watered. If I want this part of my life watered, I need to have an alignment of my life to that word. So when Jesus saw sick people, he didn't go, he didn't say, he didn't say, oh, and demon possessed, demon possessed and tortured people. He didn't say, oh, it's just God's will for you to be that way. He didn't do that. What did he do? He ministered to them according to the Father's will in alignment with the anointing. He released that anointing sometimes through touch, sometimes through preaching and teaching, sometimes he spoke a word which to me in that situation speaks something of an individual one-on-one -on -one ministry to somebody i wouldn't call it a mass deliverance does that make sense i would call it that he's he's dealing with people individually and that's how that anointing moved in that way so do you see how you can work in the anointing in your own life so it, it, you may think well uh, that didn't answer the question that I have. Well, what is the question or what is the situation that you're dealing with? And then what is the word that's associated, the promise in the scripture, to that problem? For every problem, there's a promise. And you, you we, so we don't, we don't come at this from the standpoint of, uh, uh, of, uh, now, now, <laughs> Now, you have to be careful with this. You say, why do you have to be careful? Because we have a tendency in our emotion to want to try to emotionally attach to truth or not. When truth is truth, whether I feel like it or not. Now, if I want my circumstance to change, I have to embrace this over my opinion and my feeling, whatever, everything. He has to be Lord. So that may require some, well, it does require some self-examination, 
So you have to start, you have to stop making excuses for why God's word can't do what he said it would do in your life. Amen. So like years ago, years and years ago, I thought, you know, I followed the world in a lot of things. Well, I just, you know, I have this problem going on, so I'm going to go, you know, uh, participate in a party or whatever and do this to try and escape. The problem was not that the escape didn't have an effect at that time, because it did. I was sufficiently inebriated enough to not know what was going on. But the, the thing is, is that when I came back to, it was still there. <laughs> Hello. I know there's more than one person in here that knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sure they're all online. Okay. <laughs> so what, did, what decision had I made at that time? I made a decision outside the will of God so I couldn't get free because I wasn't in line with his anointing. The yoke couldn't be broken. And even during those times at times, I would pray to God because I was raised in church. But God, help me. He's like, I'm trying too stupid. <laughs> but in order for, Joy, you can come please. In order for, for me to, rep in order for God to help me, I had to repent. Something the Holy Spirit spoke to me a, a couple of days ago. This is probably a couple of weeks ago now. I wrote it down in my, when I was journaling during my devotion time. And he said to me, he said, Sean, there is no problem that is beyond my capability to fix. He said, but many people through lack of repentance put themselves beyond my power or outside of my power to actually fix it. So repentance just means, it means change, right? You're making a change, right? What does that mean? I'm changing. So what does that mean? I'm going to align myself with the Lord so that his power can change the thing that I am powerless to change by myself. Does that make sense? So that's what the that's why cooperating with the anointing is so important. Because the anointing, I know, I know what we think, especially spirit-filled people, I know we have different denominational backgrounds present, but I'm telling you, especially spirit-filled people, they think if they don't feel it, then it isn't there, and we gotta get over that. We gotta get over that. How many have been in a service and you felt the anointing, but you left with the problem? <laughs> oh, don't say that, preacher. Oh, I've been at this too long. I know it happens. Because I watch prayer lines where people go back up for the same thing. Hello. I don't know about you, but when we worked business and I was in painting and drywall, if you did the same thing over and over and expected different and didn't get the results you wanted, you made changes. Believers don't do that, though. They're just like, ah, oh, whatever. I guess I'll go up again. <laughs> you know, sometimes we just get so religious. We need to get rid of that. And just have a conversation with God and just say, I do this. Lord, I'm doing it wrong. Something's wrong. What's the deal? Help me. And you say you pray like that. Oh, yeah. The Lord, the Lord is not nervous. He's not Jehovah nervous. 
He's peace. He, he already knew anyway. Can it be fixed? Is it possible? Yes! All things are possible to him who believes. Him or her. And all things are possible with God. I want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus, but I want to do this first. Let's just pray. And if you just put your, your hands on your own chest, not your neighbors, on your own. <laughs> and I, I just want to pray over us. And you don't have to say anything with me or anything like that, but just want to pray uh, over us. And let's believe God for answers. Amen. So Father God, we just come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this word we heard today. Lord, it's your word. It's not man's word. So we treat it and, 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 and esteem it in honor and reverence because your word is you. We thank you for the anointing. Lord, you said in your word that the anointing is what destroys yokes and removes burdens. We saw from your word today that it removes demonic torment and oppression and possession, that the anointing removes sickness and disease, that tortures within the soul are removed. Father, we all are present here and before your throne, seeking you. Where do we need to make changes, Lord, so we can align ourselves with the anointing in our individual lives? We ask you for the wisdom concerning this, that you would open our eyes to see, and we receive it in the name of Jesus according to your word. Lord, even as the book of James says, Father, we don't receive it with wavering, but we lay hold of that answer in faith and we don't let it go. We don't let it go. Lord, we are patient and you are faithful, so we will have an answer to our, to the, to, to our request according to your promises. We thank you for that answer in Jesus' name. Amen. So every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus this morning. If you haven't, those that are watching online as well. The scripture says in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We know from Romans chapter 3 verse 23 that everybody needs a savior because all have sinned and fall short have fallen short of the glory of God or the standard of holiness, purity and right and good. Heaven is a free gift Romans 6:23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God demonstrated his love toward us, according to Romans 5, 8, and 9, that even while we were his enemies, he sent Christ to die for us. So we know from God's standpoint that he desires more than anything that we be born again and receive Christ. So how do we receive the gift of forgiveness? It is through faith or by trusting in Jesus Christ as your savior. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so if everybody 
uh, listening and those watching online, if, if you'd like to receive Jesus this morning, I want to pray with you. If you'd raise your hand where you're at, we'll pray together with you to receive Christ. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.